Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into episode number 460 of underground sports philadelphia it's kb and matt coming at you on this final day of august with another episode of the show we got a lot to dive into from the phils the eagles the union and matt we got tribe names for survivor season 43 okay, okay. and a teaser trailer okay september 21st Survivor's back, so we'll dive into that at the end of the show for the first real ones. Of, uh, first day of fall, right? Yeah. Autumnal equinox. Gotta or is survive. it solstice? I think it's equinox. Right? I think it's equinox, and then I think summer or spring is... Uh, summer or solstice? Solstice. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, summer and winter are solstice. Yes. Uh, autumn and spring, spring are equinox. equinox. There we go. It's another it's a car name, too. Chevy Equinox, baby. <laughs> uh, before we get started, make sure you're following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify. It goes a long way for more people finding the show and more people joining us underground. And, of course, subscribe to that Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every single show on our network. Uh, we're on that Road to 1K Challenge. And later on in the show, Matt and I are going to come up with our leg for the Road to 1K Gauntlet Challenge. Uh, we did our announcement on streamer season matt dylan once we get to 1k will be cosplaying as a character from a show that we have watched and reviewed on streamer season and when we get to 1k i uh will be taking the plunge into season one of game of thrones good luck so there it is <laughs> uh it's well, a roller coaster that only goes up and then very sharply down <laughs> and uh i haven't watched it because the real ones know uh, I was subjected to my my parents' room to watch Game Seven of Sixers Raptors rather than sitting in my uh, you know superstitious playoff seat for the games that you and I were not at during that Raptors series, and we all know what happened in Game Seven. So I, I swore off Game of Thrones that being a jinx, uh, but you know I feel like enough time has passed. So if we get to 1K, you'll subject me to the roller coaster that is Game of Thrones, along with whatever we come up with on this show. Uh, as part of the gauntlet challenge but subscribe to the youtube smash that like button ring the bell icon and of course comment down below your thoughts on the fills the sixers flyers eagles union and anything else in between big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen main auto llc Ducharms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated and the dental wellness center of vineland tomahawk shades the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, 
get those sunglasses, blue light glasses, prescription lenses, and everything else in between at TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, use our discount code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com with code USP at checkout. That's 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com, code USP. Kenwood Beer with arguably the best merch drop lately of any brand. Uh, those Kenny Rope hats now available in their store along with a uh, It's a Bad Day to Be a Kenny shirt, which I feel like is the trend for every alcohol brand now. But the Kenwood Beer shirt is fantastic. That Kenny Blue uh, is undefeated. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, check out the merch, and of course, use the all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. Stock up for your NFL season, your fantasy drafts, all that good stuff. But you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. And our pals over at Bino. Go to BinoBoard.com, and Matt... Seems like every day they're dropping a new board over at Bino. They are launching new World Cup-inspired boards every single week of September. You love to see it. It's a great way to build it up, baby. The new board just launched uh, today at 6 o'clock. Looks pretty sweet. It's very clean. We got the uh, Qatar-themed box. That was a, a German field i guess you would call it field of play every single board comes with that world cup qatar themed carrying case it's the germany edition and uh they will be dropping a new board each week leading up to the world cup so go to beanyoboard.com get your hands on that the ultraviolet board sold out sorry so if you missed out sorry about that the gila monster board still available but the new world cup boards Go check them out while they're hot in the streets and use our code Bino USP for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. What's going on, man? I am just living the dream. The uh, the Phils are living a nightmare, which on this show is canonically known as a dream. Uh, yes. Arizona, late in the season, just not, not meant to be out there. What the hell, guys? <laughs> That's my question. Uh, I have seen a lot of people chalking it up to the last two games or when Bryce Harper started calling Rob Thompson Philly Rob. They are 0-2 in the Philly Rob era, so we need Bryce to denounce Philly Rob and just go with Tomper. Mr. Thompson, <laughs> perhaps. Um, just a, a tough performance out in the desert against the Diamondbacks. Embarrassing performance on Mikhail Bridges' birthday. Um, How dare you. Just tough, but I, I'm kind of chalking it up similarly to that Cubs series out of the All-Star break where it's just one of those series and you go into September and hopefully reverse the, the September jinxes that have plagued this team over the past you know three seasons where you know April through August you're well over 500 and then they've been below 500 in September since 2017. Um, not, not great optics there, but... September's a new month. Yes, that is that is the most real statement you might get tonight. Uh, September is, in fact, a real month. It is its own month. Um, I think what you said is is important, too, about the Cubs series right after the All-Star break, where if you had taken the temperature of people then, the sky was absolutely falling. Oh, yeah. This team was not making the playoffs. It was embarrassing. And you just look at the difference now. I don't want to like take away all context and meaning from like the performances from this team. 
but I, I I do feel a little it's it's a little chicken little. Yes, it's it's not great, you know, because the Diamondbacks clearly not a, a team that has a ton to play for, should be beating. Um, I think sometimes people take it to to the next level in terms of uh, self-aggrandizement. Yes. You know, like <laughs> it's just come on, you know, like we're we're gonna be all right. It's it's two bad losses to the Diamondbacks overall, though. Like if you look at our schedule, the last you know week and a half. I think you'd be happy with the the wins and losses that the Phillies have chalked up. Like, ideally, yes, you'd like to them just to win forever. I would love that. I would love mm-hmm. that if the Phillies won every single game they win. But, um, I you know we have to be realistic too that the team's going to have some hiccups along the way, and that they're still one of the top teams in baseball. I like I don't know how else to say that yeah. either. Like, they're still they're still um firmly you know in control of their own destiny with the playoffs and. Yes, uh, you know, you'd feel better with, you know, one or two wins picked up, you know, against Arizona or that Pirates loss, but it is what it is. You know, like, I I don't know. You can't dwell on that kind of stuff too much in a 162-game season. um, It just feels weird to to lose your mind so much. Is it frustrating? Yes. And, like, again, I I don't want to excuse them for these losses because they should be winning these games, but I think sometimes the reaction gets so... I think because people have been hurt so much by the Phillies Mm -hmm. that... It's very it's like the 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 switch is very easy for people to hit to go to the complete other side for overreaction. And so many people view it, especially now that it's close to football season. So many people view baseball losses for whatever reason, like it's a football season where every game is so meaningful. Like you said, there's 162 games. It's two bad losses, and if you want to look at it from this perspective too. You've lost three in a row. The Braves have lost three in a row. It's not like the Braves have this gained. This is the one annoying thing is like we are never, we are constantly, we are destiny bonded with the Braves somehow. Where every time we'll go like, we'll go like 14 and three. Be like, well, the Braves went uh, 15 and one actually. Yep. So, <laughs> sorry. He actually lost ground somehow. <laughs> here's my like excitement about this though, is that staying even like right now with where we are in the standings with the Braves. Those two Brave series that are left on the schedule, three in Atlanta, four in Philly, they're going to be like playoff atmospheres in both cities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, because obviously moving up to, uh, you know, that, that next spot in the wild card could be advantageous. Yeah, I mean, you're going to start thinking a little bit too about your your seed placement, who you maybe would like to play, who you'd like to avoid, um, home field advantage perhaps, uh, you know between the Phillies and the Braves that could be a, that could be an interesting matchup so there's a lot to play for still um again and listen this I got the Diamondbacks tonight maybe maybe things work out for them but um I think the concern is to you like yep the the real concerns is Wheeler's out with and then maybe they're just being careful but that is not particularly inspiring you I know I believe the, I saw an update about him today was it is he on 10 or 15 I so think? it's weird i think it started this year with the new cba position players the injured list is 10 days and right. pitchers is 15 yeah so no matter what the minimum for a pitcher is 15 uh but they said monday that zach wheeler's eyeing a return next tuesday okay so this coming tuesday and you know what fair enough uh you know we'll we'll give him that uh give that that's what the marlin series i think so i believe um, so yeah i it's not great. I think the bullpen, you know, you, you've had this weird ebb and flow with the bullpen all season. Um, they have not been amazing in the the recent weeks. Knievel being out has not helped, but uh, you know, they, they made they made a transaction today, right? To 
Yeah, they traded like, for like a, a minor league pitcher. Like a dart throw, at least. They also signed Chris Devensky uh, to a minor league deal as well. And he's with Lehigh Valley, so he could get called up tomorrow for... And that's the other thing, too, is that tonight is is it's it's still... They have to be on your roster right before September to be a... To be eligible for the postseason. And then yeah. tomorrow is the, the new September call-up where you can only add one pitcher um, at a time and then position player. Uh, I think it's only like two additional players get called up. So we'll see so. who the Phillies add for the September stretch run. It seems like the way that it's being written about and talked about, Devensky's going to be potentially on the block to be that pitcher that gets called up. Um and let's also not forget Zach Eflin is apparently on this road trip with the Phillies out west and could be joining this team for the stretch run in the bullpen as well, which should I think be. is huge. That would be. That'd be a nice shot in the arm for sure. Um so I mean there's there's still reinforcements coming along the way. Brandon Marshback hit his first home run last night in a Phillies uniform, which was great to see. Um but yeah, just bounce back against the Diamondbacks and you know, people will brush these losses to the the back end and I think all will be forgotten against Arizona if you go out and play well against the Giants this weekend. Absolutely. Especially with that that added enhancement of, you know, it's a Gabe Kapler series and people feel one way or the other about Gabe Kapler to this day. Um, so if you go out and play well against the Giants, take two out of three, sweep them this weekend, all will be forgotten about this Diamondback series, just like it was after that Cubs series. Yeah. And if not, um, it's just like the worst time of our life. Yeah. <laughs> No pressure, uh, no, no nothing. Just a lot of no biggie. A lot of mental health being uh, being laid on the line here. Because you look at the the schedule the rest of the way. I know we do this a lot, but you know you have San Francisco after this game against the Diamondbacks Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No Monday games in September at yeah. all, which is interesting. Uh, then you have a six game homestand against Miami and Washington. Then you go on the road against Miami and Atlanta for six. Then you come back home two against Toronto, four against Atlanta. Hopefully you get revenge out at Wrigley against the Cubs for three. You have the Nationals on the road for four, and then you're on the road uh, still to end the season against the Houston Astros. I'm, like, blocking away that Washington series September and October as that could be the series that I could see the Phillies needing to win, you know, like five out of their last seven. Mm-hmm. You know, to maybe like maybe move past the Braves, you know, right? Like I could, and I I think that's because you know who the Braves play that weekend. The Mets. The Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Because in all honesty, with seven games left, you're seven games behind the Braves right now. Like there's still an opportunity for the Phillies to potentially end up as the first wild card, which is <laughs> wild to think about, but it, it is in the realm of possibility with the Braves' schedule in September. They play Colorado the next two days. Then they are home against Miami. Then they go on a big West Coast road trip. Two in Oakland, three in Seattle, three in San Francisco before they come to Philadelphia to play. Or I'm sorry, before they go back home to play the Phillies in Atlanta. Then they have two against the Nationals. Then they go on the road, four against the Phils, three against the Nationals. Mets in Atlanta, and then they go to Miami to end their season. Just saying, it's possible. That's all. That's all we're saying. It's still in the cards. I feel like people have also lost context that the NL East has become, like, the best division in baseball somehow. <laughs> I said <laughs> both East division, American League East and the NL yeah. East, are, like, the top two in terms of competitiveness. Absolutely. Um, nationals aside. <laughs> yes. 
Of course, we'll we'll concede the national. And Marlins, you know, April through early July. Yeah, but you know, you have three seventy-plus win teams, you know, all in uh, all in the same division, and that's uh, that's not very common. I mean, you look at any like power ranking, you look at any even just standing ranking, like you have three teams in like the top ten, mm-hmm. all in the same division. That's uh, I, I think we lost. I, I don't know if we give that the. The credit it deserves, you know, for for fighting through that because it has not been an easy easy season yeah. in the division. And it's the, not going to get easier. The AL East also has three teams with seventy wins. Yeah, let's just let's just hang out with the. It's like the um, NFC West, AFC West from last year in yes. football. You know, where it's just like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. There's <laughs> four teams in each division that are all good. <laughs> um. So anyway, I mean, it's in the cart and like. I lo- when we looked up the the way that the wild card's going to work now, like that top wild card gets home field advantage for the entire three game series, which is big. So that's a that's a big big trinket to hold over someone's head. Uh, so and I feel like an atmosphere for the Phillies being the number one wild card first playoff series in Philly in over a decade, first Bryce playoff first series. Bryce playoff series, first Wheeler playoff series. Against oh, God, a, a division rival, getting goosebumps thinking about it. At a sold-out Citizens Bank Park, uh, and make it a dollar dog night. Come on, <laughs> um, I feel like that is leaps and bounds a massive swing in terms of home field advantage as opposed to a Braves team. Not that their home field advantage is any less, but you know, Phillies haven't had a postseason game since 2011 at Citizens Bank Park, where the Braves had a World Series. Series happened last year. I thought I thought the season got canceled. That was That's weird. right. I Don't forgot that. That was that just happened. a nightmare, which yeah. is a dream. Technically, a nightmare is a dream. Just a bad one. I don't like to think of it that way, but there it is. Um, let's take a look at the NL East run differential brought to you by our pals over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, get in on those NFL early season uh props you know wins losses touchdown predictions um you know who makes the playoffs who misses the playoffs passing yard props for quarterbacks rushing yard props for running backs you name it they got it at playpickup.com you rack up points on your fan profiles you cash them in for prizes on the pickup marketplace it's free to play anybody can play and you just sign up with your phone number go to playpickup.com now and start playing those headlines the Braves still leading the way with the run differential, Matt, at plus 137. The New York Mets at a plus 126. Phils have fallen off a bit these last two games, but they're still at a plus 64. The Miami Marlins at a minus 77. And that stolen franchise officially finishing under 500. Washington National Squad at a minus 220, which is still the worst in all of baseball, but not by much because they are joined by the Pittsburgh Pirates now in the negative 200 zone with a minus 201 for Pittsburgh. You know, at least at least they're not the only one in the 200 section. I think you can you can take some solace in that. Um, trying to look at the other, like, just bad. Tigers have a minus 135. A's with a minus 146. Yikes. A's are minus 146 and have the same record as the minus 201 Pirates. I love when it, I love when it sinks up that way. That just shows how stupid this Pirates season has been. They have won. They have outperformed and won way more games than they should have. Yes. 
Dodgers with a whopping plus 287. First team to 90 wins as well. Christ. <laughs> it feels like we haven't talked enough about the Dodgers this year. Yeah, and it feels the, like the Yankees got the limelight yeah, for the most Yankees of the got year. The, and but even then, the, the first half of the Yankees, I don't know that people were talking for as good as they were. Yeah. I feel like like as obsessive as people can be about the Yankees, I feel like it probably didn't get as talked about as much. And I feel like we're not talking at all about the Dodgers and just like what a meat grinder they are. You know who I feel like we're not talking about at all because we spent so much time talking about the Yankees, so much time talking about the Mets and like, oh, how great would it be to be a Subway Series World Series? It wouldn't be. It'd be fucking miserable. <laughs> um, the Houston Astros have the best yeah, record quietly. in the American League with an 84-47 and 47 mark and a plus 160 run differential. Like... They are quietly just cruising along. They're the middle child. Ready yeah. <laughs> ready to meet the Yankees in the ALCS and, and just put them back in their place like they did in 2017 and bang well, some trash cans now. in the hold process. On now. <laughs> hold on now. Don't make any enemies. I, uh, I would want nothing more than the Dodgers to just wipe the floor with the Mets and then the, the Astros to wipe the floor with the Yankees. I, you know... Yeah, that'd be nice. I I'd like to see the Padres. If it really the out of the NL, the only team I'd be happy other than the Phillies to see go far is the Padres. Yeah, couldn't couldn't. I'm kind of neutral on the Dodgers at this point in my life. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers or whatever. The Mets, I would absolutely hate myself. The 100%. Cardinals would make me sick. The Braves, I couldn't live with. I couldn't live with that again. Back to back? Are you kidding me? I think I'd could not do be it. Circling the drain on that one. AL, you know, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Toronto, really any of them. Yankees and Astros, no thanks. But Minnesota, if they get back in the mix, if Minnesota find their way, if the Orioles somehow, that would be fun. <laughs> if the Orioles back into a playoff spot, I'm going to lose my mind. What is the situation with the AL wild card right now? So Orioles are three games back. Twins are three games back. So. I'd root for the Mariners, too. I would absolutely root for the Mariners. 100%. It's going to be cool because, knock on wood, it seems like the Phils and the Mariners are both going to get in the playoffs and end the longest uh, playoff droughts in baseball. Who would have it? I believe it's the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim who are looking to sell their team. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe just sell it to Mike Trout. <laughs> the Otani Angels of, of Anaheim? Yeah. Or just name it the uh, L.A. Otanis. <laughs> That's two teams in baseball that are allegedly looking to sell. I don't know if you saw the the stolen franchise is looking to sell I did, as well. yeah. I feel like it's so rare that we get a, a professional sports organization, like, ready for their owner to, like, sell their team. You know, we joke about it a ton with our teams, but it, it seems like it's been... Far and few between that we've actually seen like teams get sold recently and have two in the same sport is pretty wild. Yeah, I think baseball too is um, an interesting sport in that aspect as well, with like uh, ownership. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not quite as like lucrative maybe as some other sports, but it is very consistent. Like, yeah. and I, I would say like much more institutionalized in a way. But those are two teams as well that I think you kind of have a. You have some work to do. I you think. have some work to do, but I think it also benefits that they're in populous markets with, you know, L.A., Anaheim, and then, you know, Washington, D.C. 
Yeah, LA, you'd have to do you'd have to do some work there. Because you're always going to be the second team. 100%. Clipper syndrome to the max. And then DC in every sport is tough because it's such a transplant city. No fault of their own, but mm-hmm. so many people just move there for work and things. So it's always it's always hard to build, like, I think an actual – you add in the fact that Nationals have not been around for very long. <laughs> and, you know, they just get rid of their best players. Yes. <coughs> well, that would, you know, hopefully that would change with ownership. Very true. Just sucks that they ownership back. might change after they've, you know, just let go of a bunch of generational talents in the last, like, five years. But the uh, the tinfoil hat came on for me today, Matt, uh, with the World Does Baseball Classic. Come off? Valid, especially with baseball. Um, we've been talking about the World Baseball Classic roster and just how loaded it is. Uh, add phase two in Trey Turner to Philadelphia. Trey Turner is confirmed. Hashtag all in on the Team USA roster. Just saying. Just you know, join the squad today. Sit around the poker table a little bit. Have a little, have a little chat. Kick back with Bryce and JT. Just the boys hanging out. Just boys being boys, you know. Just being dudes. Putting on the the old red, white, and blue again with Bryce. I don't know. Just saying. Just something about seems, that feeling. Seems very Team USA basketball with KD and <laughs> uh, the Warriors. Just something about that feeling, you know. <laughs> something about that uh that World Baseball Classic. You see the hitting coach? It's Ken Griffey Jr. Well, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the coaching staff was announced. The manager will be Mark DeRosa. Okay. Uh, which has me very excited. He's very, you know big personality um world baseball classic let's see here uh so yeah trey turner confirmed today also uh will smith the dodgers catcher all in i was gonna say like he's banned from the oscars so he's putting the time in somewhere else at least (laughs) keeping wives names out of out of people's mouths smart uh kyle tucker from the astros is in and I believe since the last time we recorded, uh, Tim Anderson from the White Sox is in, and one Mookie Betts is all in. The outfield for this team alone is just ridiculous with Bryce, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Kyle Tucker. Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Dodgers uh, outfield in three years. <laughs> uh, Carlos Correa will represent Team Puerto Rico. And let's see if anybody else has confirmed. Don't see anything. Uh, Jose Altuve will play for Venezuela. And then the Team USA coaching staff is Mark DeRosa as the manager, Jerry Manuel as the bench coach, Andy Pettit as the pitching coach, Ken Griffey Jr. as the hitting coach, Luke Collier as the first base coach, Dino Ebel as the third base coach, and Dave Rigetti as the bullpen coach. Uh, Andy Pettit offering uh, muscle lubricants as well to all the pitchers. <laughs> Whatever works. All in. Weird. Know? Weird how some of those Yankees. Of those, Yankees those damn teams. Yankees. Weird. Weird. It's always those guys. Always those dudes. Uh, it never fails that right before roster cutdowns, Matt, becomes hashtag Howie season. And he does it again. Swindles the Saints as C.J. Gardner-Johnson, formerly known as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, is now a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah. One of the biggest shit talkers in the league. Uh, Famously last season got in the face of one Tom Brady 
who's he's about you know four inches shorter than just arms crossed in Tom's face and about 31 years younger than yeah. <laughs> uh, I felt like this was a highway robbery trade you know Chauncey Gardner Johnson is 24 years old and you gave up two you know later round draft picks for him in future drafts um, to get a guy that's gonna start at safety for the Eagles this year I was blown away at what the the return was it was uh so chauncey gardner johnson and a seventh round pick in 2025 will go to the saint or come from the saints in exchange for a fifth round pick from the eagles in 2023 and the later of the eagles two sixth round picks in 2024 yeah it's it definitely speaks a little bit to i think um where the Eagles see themselves, not mm-hmm. just for this year, but the next two or three years. Yes. Because Eagles have quietly, by the way, too, become a much younger team. We mm-hmm. were talking, you know, two or three years ago about it seems to get a little old, especially around the years a little bit, but um, quietly have, like, trimmed it down and are in a, a much better spot uh, for the future. So I like it. I like the move a lot. Roster cutdowns obviously happen. The uh practice squad was announced as well and you know the nfl season is upon us next week things get underway for real uh, as the eagles take on the detroit lions in detroit on uh sunday september 11th so matt i figured we'd do our uh our preseason predictions go around the nfl let's go wins and losses for each team where we expect them to be and we'll look back on this in february be absolutely wrong when our super bowl predictions are completely wrong but uh looking at the landscape of the nfl now everybody's rosters trimmed down which division would you like to uh to start with i opened up the nfl app nfl score app and it started me on the afc east so i think that is where we're starting perfect so the afc east jets bills dolphins patriots um i mean Jets won't have Zach Wilson to start the year. Buffalo seem like the odds-on favorite to win that division. Miami, kind of the the dark horse, you know, off-season darling team yes. where they made the moves to go out and improve. And then New England's kind of just New England. I'm sure they'll stick around and, you know, be a wild-card team, if not, you know, surprise some people. But for the Jets, how do you see them uh, finishing? 2022 don't have a lot of faith in the jets don't have a lot of faith in zach wilson i should think zach wilson being out injured to start the season might be you know <laughs> might be kind of nice i don't know um i just i think this is a team that is probably two years away from being competitive like really competitive and um this is a very challenging division i see this team topping out at like five or six wins i i just don't see uh i don't see a lot here there's some good talent on this team, though. I'll say that they have like they obviously draft Brees Hall, who catches a lot of eyes, which if you're you're into fantasy, um, and he is an exciting player. But I just think uh, you know they've had some O line trouble as well, some injuries. So not sure I'm in on it with the uh, with the Jets. Yeah, I'm right there. I have them at about five six wins. Um, not having your franchise quarterback to start the year is tough, especially if it's going to be. Well, your Sanchez quarterback, especially. 
<laughs> if it's going to be Joe Flacco or Mike White, that's pretty tough. Well, to, uh... I forget what receiver it was was talking about the difference between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. He said, well, you know, Joe Flacco throws balls that are, like, receiver friendly, you know, that you can, like, catch. It's like, wow, that is... Uh... That's tough. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of an indictment, I would say. <laughs> Uh, so that is the Jets. Not a, and you know they released our guy Will Parks this week, so not too high on the Jets. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Is it possible uh, to love a man more that I've never met than Josh Allen? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Josh Allen could recruit me into war, I think, and I would. Uh, yeah. I would go. I think this team is very good. I think, and for me personally, should have been in the Super Bowl last year. And frankly, I, I think they were the best team I watched in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Like uh, bar none, I think they put on two of the best offenses. They just got outdone and outworked a little bit by the the Chiefs, and you know made some mistakes in that game. But I, I think this is like a twelve win team. I think floor for them, like barring like just bad injuries, you know, to like Josh Allen and other key players, you know, outside of those crazy opportunities. I think mm-hmm. even then, this is like a ten minimum win team but I, I think 12 wins is probably where this team settles I just think they're so good um, you know, you have the I, I think some some interesting additions in the offseason uh, they'll get some key defensive players back too at some point this year too they you know I think that went a little under the radar they had some injuries there so uh, I love the Bills I would love to see them be, succeed I think their fans deserve it so much and I just I love Josh Allen like I love watching this team I just uh, my one ask of the Bills is to uh with, with your draft prospects, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> have a little bit better of a vetting process. Yeah, you know, but you know what? They made up for it. They played no games. Which was very nice to see, especially with everything going on with that team in Cleveland as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page. I think the Bills, I think they're going to win 13 games this year. Um, Josh Allen is the truth. People doubted him from day one. They have the weapons around him. Um, they added Von Miller in the offseason, and Von Miller still seems to be recruiting one Odell Beckham Jr. to come play for the Bills later this year. Uh, so it would not shock me if uh, the Bills are, are riding high into that AFC championship game with a, a ticket to the Super Bowl just right in front of them. Um, so I'm going to go 13 wins for the Bills. Matt, you're Miami Dolphins. Over-under is nine for the Dolphins. Maybe the hardest team to predict. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to go over. I think this could be a 10-win team. I'm right there um, with you with 10. I don't know that they'll be, like, blowing the doors off people, but I think people have also not given them enough credit, especially, again, I think they've made good moves this offseason. Chase Edmonds, obviously Tyreek Hill, um, a few receivers on, like, the periphery there. Uh, they've brought a lot of those key pieces on defense back. I think there's a lot to like about the Dolphins, and they were like very competitive last season. I know they started out very poorly, but but turned around quick. I think this is obviously a make it make or break it year for Tua, but I I see a pathway for this team to get ten wins. I, I don't I don't um I don't see the the extreme negativity that some people I agree. Do. And you know, this is the the year for Tua to prove that he can do it. He's got all the weapons around him. New offensive minded head coach. Um, I think 10 wins is very feasible for this Dolphins team. The New England Patriots. Mac Jones experience. Um, they add Devontae Parker to the mix. 
I I don't know that this is going to be a fun year for the Patriots fans. Sorry to Pat Pitts. Sorry to this man's, but they'll be all right. <laughs> I I think the Patriots are a nine win team this year. Yeah, the over under is eight and a half. I I'm gonna say eight. I just think uh, I don't know what it is about the Patriots that I just don't think is very good. I think, and they might be again like they had a, a pretty decent regular season last year and got exposed quite horribly in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that, you know, Mac Jones is a rookie in that situation, but. I just there's something about the Patriots that I, I don't believe in. Yeah, they just they don't seem like they have that that dog in them. If you they will. don't have that edge, and no. I I don't know what it is. You also have Matt Matt Patricia back, and I think Terrible. that that takes away a win. Yeah. <laughs> Having him just like in your organization, I think is a is like a negative balance on your account. So the man notorious for writing on a laminated sheet of paper with a pencil. He's a genius. So uh, let's go to the AFC North. The Ravens, the Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. The Baltimore Ravens met. They signed Kenyon Drake today. Um, their mascot continued the Ravens' preseason injury tradition. Um, Lamar Jackson talking about the Miami Dolphins being his second favorite team growing up. Lamar. Tons of... Tons of uh, Twitter rumblings of Lamar loving Miami. I listen. I'm gonna tell you right now. If Lamar Jackson ever ends up as a dolphin, I am ascending to God. <laughs> Matt will turn into the SpongeBob meme of just floating. Christ, I would love nothing more. Um, I love Lamar. I love this Ravens team. People, I think, so much of the discourse around this team, I think, got lost to the fact that they had like what, four season-ending injuries like a week before this? This team could not stay healthy at any point. Even yeah. Lamar himself, you know, struggled through injury last season. Uh, so many key pieces lost. They got a lot of that back. I like what they've done. Um, you can maybe ask some questions about, like, the, the offense this year and, and maybe how that'll look. I think they're, they're they're making some interesting bets. I'm going 11 wins for the, the Ravens. I think this team is just amazing. I think you're going to see a um, maybe not quite MVP level from Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll reach those heights, you know, cuz that just was such like I, I think a little bit of an outlier, but he has that in him. Like the ceiling for Lamar is yeah. MVP. You know, it's very similar to Josh Allen where it's like if you see him at his best, he's just game breaking. You know, we've seen that so many times in his career and I am 100% willing to bet on that. <laughs> like I'm right there with you. 11 wins for the Ravens seems like the perfect number. Will it be enough to win the division? We'll see. I think this division is very good across the board. Um but 11 wins, they added some some really solid rookies in the draft, and uh, their defense just year in and year out just continues to be like that that gold standard. So I'm going to go 11 wins for the Ravens. The Pittsburgh Steelers post Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, looks like it's going to be Mitch Trubisky for week one. Um, I don't know. This, this team has never finished below 500 under Mike Tomlin. Correct. Which I think is beyond impressive. And Steelers fans who uh, complain about Mike Tomlin, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, that grass is not greener. No. <laughs> it really doesn't get much better than that. I, I think this is a this is an eight or nine win team, honestly. Um, I just think any team with the, the quarterback lack of talent that you have here, it is hard for me to say that you are. Because to me, 10 wins is you are a playoff team. You may not necessarily make the playoffs as a 10-win team, but I just, 
I, I'm not sure I see it. Trubisky had had some success with the Bears, right? Uh, but I think that defense was probably better than this Steelers defense, you know, um, when he was able to at least get them into the playoffs. Um, better coach for sure. Josh Allen last year. Better coach than, you know, um, Trubisky had in Chicago, of course. But I just, I think that that is a huge question mark for me, especially even if you just look within this division. Um, yeah. You know, he's much more on Jacoby Brissett's level than yes. he is on Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson. Um, and to me, I just, I think it's hard to win with that. I, I really do. Yeah, I'm going nine wins for the Steelers. And I'm giving the nine because of Mike Tomlin. Yeah. He's, he's such an X factor in just winning that I, I just don't see them finishing below 500. Um, so I'm going to give them nine wins. The Cleveland Browns, Matt. Uh, one. <laughs> That's what I wish. Um, Cleveland, I'm going to go seven. Um, I think Deshaun obviously being out for effectively, you know, three quarters of the season, um, as much as a terrible human he is. Uh, and even this, you know, like he has, he also hasn't played in a very long time now. Over a year. Over a year. That is a long time to just like take a sabbatical, yeah. <laughs> you know, like and not and not be a a part of you know playing week in and week out and practicing. Um, I know like obviously people can stay in shape and all that, but I just I I think that's a good. Thing. There's no guarantee he walks right back, right? And it's fine, flawless. Um, we've seen so many times when when quarterbacks or, or big star players move. There's usually you know three or four weeks where it takes some time. We saw it with Stafford last year, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Um, Brady, even you know, they, they, you know, like with the with the Buccaneers when he first moved, like it, it is not a seamless transition all the time. Um, and again, I don't think this team is offensively super talented. Defensively, they're good. Uh, they they still have a lot of great weapons, a lot of great pieces, but um, there's no one on this like. Do have Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper is fine, but outside of that, you you obviously have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which is a great like two headed backfield. But um, again, you have Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback yeah. and that for me and as much just, as i love donovan people's jones he's their number two that is just not the ideal situation to find yourself in um and i just i think seven wins is where they're at i have them at five i i just don't it, the division they're in is insanely tough even with the steelers having the quarterback question that they have their defense is still super good uh you got to play the Bengals twice you got to play the ravens twice and everybody's going to be coming for the Browns. Yes. Like, you have a target on your back that people are just going to want to beat the ever-living shit out of you. Uh, so I'm going to give the Browns five wins this year. And uh, that leaves us with the Bengals. Bengals. I am going... Whew, tough team to read. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going nine wins for the Bengals. I love them. I love Joey Burrow. I, I love so much about this team. I can't help but feel that last year was just uh, some overperformance. I don't know that you can depend on uh, what do you have like a seventy percent completion rate, yeah. like it, at especially at, like deep throws as well. Like I just I don't know that that's Joe Burrow for the rest of his career. I don't know that Jamar Chase is breaking off like just game breaking. Uh, and he has that ability, right? But I yeah. think I think last year was a slight outlier in that respect. I still think Zach Taylor's not a good coach. Outside that, there's a lot to love about this team. Um, I just think this is a very challenging division. Um, I, I'd let, I think they had the capacity to be a 10 or 11 win team, um, but I, I think I think nine is is where I'm I'm feeling most comfortable. I have them at 11 wins. Um, the division winner is going to come down to who wins the head to head between them and the Ravens. 
Um, I still think they're stupid talented across the board. Yeah, their over-under is 10, so yeah, pretty we, solid. We, we split that there. Um, I still think they're super talented. Will they have the you know post-Super Bowl you know season hangover? We'll see. Um, but I think all three phases, they have so much talent that – it's going to be tough for them to... Uh, it is the ultimate talent versus coaching, Yeah, I think, uh, struggle this season. That takes us to the AFC South, the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Jacksonville Jaguars, where this might be the worst division in football this year. I think it is. <laughs> uh, Texans, I'm going four wins, um, and that is their objective this season, is to not be good. Um, it's just a team that is... Does not have a, a ton of like really heavy NFL talent on it. I don't know what else there is to say yeah. <laughs> about the Texans. Yeah, I'm right there with you with four wins. They're just not good, and that's uh, like you said, that's their objective. They're gonna win one more game than they did all preseason when they went three and zero. The Tennessee Titans, <sighs> new era at wide receiver Robert Woods and uh, Traylon Burks. Yeah, more AJ Brown. Interesting squad. Interesting squad. You have Derrick Henry returning. Um, you know, we've seen him play at least a little bit off of that foot injury, so I think it, that gives you some comfort. But Ryan Tannehill, some question marks there. Um, Malik Willis right behind him. Malik Willis right behind him. I I think this is uh, this is an eight win team. I think just because this is largely some like division inflation. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason they got to the the big record they did last year was just this division is not super talented, but. Um, I still think they have talent. I still like Mike Vrabel as a coach, but I think this is like a holding pattern season for the Titans, in my opinion. I yeah, think. I have them at nine wins. I think yeah. they'll finish, you know, one game above five hundred. That might be enough for them to win the division and get into the playoffs as a division winner. So um, I'll take nine wins for the Titans. The Colts, Matt Ryan at quarterback, trying to bounce back from the Carson Wentz experience. Yeah. Um... Again, just a, a talented team around them. I just think uh, what you think about the Colts, I think, depends a lot about what you think about Matt Ryan still. And I know that the Falcons over the last two seasons haven't been amazing and haven't always been well coached, but you have seen some regression in his ability. Um, similar to the Titans, though, I think they just have enough talent and coaching to, you know, when you consider the division that they're in. You know, it's hard for me to see not getting less than like three wins between that, just the Texans and Jaguars. Um, I have them at nine. It's, it's not going to be enough to win the division, but I, I, I don't believe in this team very much. Yeah. I have them at eight wins. Um, it's going it, to, that offense is going to go through Jonathan Taylor as he goes, they go, how much can you rely on, on him to do what he did last year again? Um, plus, you know, Matt Ryan, if he's not playing well, Nick Foles is breathing down his neck. Uh, we know what Nick Foles has done. That is the wild Frank. card there. So uh, I'll go eight wins for the Colts. That leaves us with Dougie P, Trevor Lawrence. 14 wins, baby. And the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Man, I'm going to go – I'm going to go seven. I think the Jaguars I, – I think we have not – given it enough thought about how awful Urban Meyer was last year yes. and just what a toxic drag he was on that team um, in pretty much every way possible. And just having like a competent NFL coach, I think, will make the difference. Spent a lot of money this offseason improving this team. 
I think you will see. Seven doesn't sound like a lot, but when you consider just where they were last year, I think yeah. seven will be a big improvement. Um, you, know, you hope to see more out of Trevor Lawrence this season. And yeah, I think this is like a good transition year for the Jaguars, but still lacking some talent in some areas. Yeah, I have them at eight wins as well. I'm kind of I'm kind of high on the Jaguars this year in terms of just like watching them bounce back. They're going to get Travis Etienne for the first time uh, in that backfield with Trevor Lawrence again, uh, and they were you know besties at Clemson. So we'll see how that connection translates to the NFL with the quarterback running back dynamic. We'll see if Christian Kirk ever lives up to the eighty four million dollars he earned this off season. Um, they did trade LaVisca Chenault, which broke my heart a little bit. He's one of my favorite players, um, but he's going to the Panthers. But I think this defense, too, I think is being a little slept on. I think there's some some heavy hitters on the Jaguars' defense. Um, but I have the Jags at eight wins, kind of tied with the Colts uh, in that division. Which brings us to the arguably best division in the entire NFL. The AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, and Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start with the Raiders, Matt, as they went 4-0 this preseason. Oh, man. I'm going to go six wins for the Raiders. I think uh, this defense is bad. I think we'll see that come to fruition quite a bit. I think Devontae Adams is clearly very good, but um, you have a new coach. I think this is just more a symptom of being in perhaps the hardest division in all of football than anything. I just There's something about this team that I don't believe in. I, I don't know what it is. It's hard to put my thumb on it, but um, I am out on the, the Raiders pretty fully, if I'm being honest. I have them at eight wins. Um, I think, like you said, Devontae Adams being there is huge. I still like Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, um, but their defense is rough. That defense stinks. Uh, and, you know, it, you have a, to play Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes six times a year. And Josh McDaniels is your head coach. I just – hard to escape from that. Yeah. Six tough. wins in the AFC West is like eight wins in most other divisions. They did they, they did improve the defensive line. I'll say that. Their right. D-line has improved quite a bit. Chandler Jones going out there I think is a, a big improvement for them, but – their secondary, I think, is not that great. Their linebackers are not that great. And, you know, it's been a while since we've seen a dominant Khalil Mack. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens um, with the the Raiders. Denver, Russell Wilson, Broncos country, let's ride. Um, Going to be an interesting season in Denver for sure. They have so much talent. Obviously, they lost uh, Tim Patrick for the season, but their wide receivers are, are super talented. I I don't know how I feel about the Broncos, though. I'm going nine wins. I think this is a good team. I think people have sold themselves a little hard on Russell Wilson. I know that might contradict what I what I was saying a little about the Raiders, but I I think I think it's hard for us to separate Russell Wilson from the Seahawks yes. and some of the problems there, and that we. I think don't want to ascribe any blame to Russell Wilson. Um, it's an interesting bet that both the Seahawks and the Broncos have made here where the Seahawks were like kind of fine getting out maybe a year early on Russell Wilson, right? And getting a good haul for him, whereas the Broncos, you know, are betting that this season or next is at least leading them to a Super Bowl, which they've done in the past. They do have pedigree at, at doing this. Um, I just think, again, it's a very hard division. Um, I don't think defensively this team is... Super talented. You also have some new coaching here too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's 
It's just not guaranteed to me that this team is, like, great. New owners, too. Right. Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, I also have the Broncos at nine wins. Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be an adjustment period for, for everybody. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm going to go nine wins there. The Kansas City Chiefs, shout out to Isaiah Pacheco, making the 53-man roster, Vineland's own. Uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, looking to uh, continue their success together. How do you see the Chiefs uh, playing out, Chief? Uh, 11 wins for our Chiefs. Uh, I just think this is still a very good team. I'm not betting against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, maybe ever. Uh, obviously, we know about some of the, the talent lost, but... I still think this is just a it's just a great team, and I, I'm I'm in. Yeah, I have them at 11 as well. Will it be enough to win the division? We'll see. Um, but I think the the talent is still there across the board, offensively, defensively, and they have one of the best kickers in football as well, which is always a weapon. Um, which leads us to the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going 10 wins. This is everyone's darling, and I get it. We all love them. But every year they get hyped up. <laughs> they, they always, they people forget they had one of the most embarrassing losses. I think you know the Colts really saved them. I think, uh, you know, with with the loss they had, the collapse they had, but um, couldn't find a way to to make their way to the playoffs. They they find a way, I think, to self sabotage at times. Justin Herbert is great. But he's already being anointed as like the MVP of this year. I don't like that. Uh, they did make huge moves defensively. Love it, but I just think it's still. And 10 wins is good. It's, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm predicting them to, to really fall off here. But um, I just think people have gotten really carried away with the, the Chargers, and I'm going to just I'm gonna fade off of that a little bit. I have the Chargers at 11 wins as well, kind of similar to the Bengals and Ravens in the AFC North. It's going to come down to those head-to-head matchups with the Chargers and Chiefs, which those matchups are always electric. They always go back and forth with one another. So they're going to mean a little bit more this year if you want to win the AFC West. Moving to the NFC East, Matt, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Washington Commanders. No team in the NFC East has repeated as division champs since the Eagles all the way back in 2003 and 2004. Last year, the Cowboys won the division. They traded away a bunch of talent. They lost their starting left tackle effectively for the entire season. And as of today, they are allegedly bringing in one Eagles legend, Jason Peters, the 40-year-old wonder, on a visit to potentially uh, bring him in to play left tackle. I have zero faith in the Cowboys this year. I think they are just an accident waiting to happen. Shout out Stephen A. Smith. Um, I have the Cowboys with six wins this year. Six. I have them at nine. I still think there's enough talent on this team. I think... More than what you said, though, Mike McCarthy really, uh, really draws me out with this team. You look at them last year, though, and this, you know, obviously this, it was slightly different. You know, some different injuries, some different talent there, but uh, was still a very capable team, at least in the regular season. Uh, I will never forget Dak's twenty-second uh, <laughs> scramble to to end the game. Just one of the most bizarre endings I've ever seen in my life. Um, I still think a very capable regular season team. Uh, Dak is still a, a, a very good quarterback and. You know, CeeDee Lamb can maybe take a leap this year. I think Zeke, too, is not completely falling off a cliff if Tony Pollard obviously waiting to to spell him. I think defensively, too, this, you'll see this team regress because they had some just, like, clearly outlier stuff happening last year um, in terms of especially turnovers. But um, nine wins, and you know, which could be enough to win the division with the NFC. Who knows? Like, that's the way it goes. 
The New York Football Giants, your brother dubbed them already 17-0 and this year. Uh, this team's a dumpster fire, once again, in my book. Um, how do you see the Giants? I have I have six wins for the Giants. I think um, this could be like a good six, though. You like I think maybe they might be one of these teams that's like kind of in every game, and they were a little bit last year too, where they you know obviously they had some tough losses, but this was a team that hung around a few times. Let's not forget they you know they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last year. <laughs> I just I think this you know you have a better coach now. Um, I don't know, you know, obviously Daniel Jones is a huge question mark. There's a lot of like talent issues on this team outside of Saquon Barkley. You don't really have any, like Kadarius Tony, if you can stay healthy, sure. But that's like a huge if, um, but I think six wins is doable for this team, but I still think you're like a, a year in transition here. You're building in the right direction. I would say though, if you're the giants, I have at five wins, um, simply because Daniel Jones is your quarterback. You signed Kenny Galladay to that massive deal, and he's just effectively disappeared since arriving in uh, a Giants uniform. And I just don't see the the defensive talent at all, really, on this team, um, especially since James Bradbury is now in an Eagles uniform. So I'm going to go five wins for the Giants. The Philadelphia Eagles. We're going 11 wins for the Eagles. I think... Uh... I think this is a great team. <laughs> I think in that, you know, I'm not even I'm not even doing the Homer thing here, you know? Yeah. Uh I think they also have a great schedule. You know, that's that's been talked yes. about a lot, but they, they do have a a favorable favorable schedule and you look at them last year, especially the second half of the season. You know, the postseason is where you'll really find out about this team, mm-hmm. but um I think this team is loaded with talent. They made big aggressive moves this offseason and I think 11 wins is doable for them. I think like you said, the schedule is very favorable for them. Uh, they have the Cardinals before DeAndre Hopkins comes back, which I think is big. You play the Lions this year. Um, I think this division is not that great where you got to play the Giants twice, you got to play the Cowboys twice, and Washington twice. I'm going 12 wins for the Eagles, and I think they uh, they they fly high into the postseason. And like you said, it'll be you know put up or shut up once the playoffs get around for this team. But Allie Roseman did a phenomenal job up until just yesterday building this roster so i'm excited for uh you know a 12 win season for the eagles in my book and then the carson wentz led washington commanders the final team here in the nfc east oh man i am going to go five wins i just i don't think this team is very good i don't love carson wentz i don't know i don't know who would um, and I think this team is kind of riding off of like some defensive stuff from two years ago. Uh, they're not going to have Chase Young for part of the season. Um, I think there's just huge question marks here for me. Um, and I've paid a, a lot of attention to the commanders over the years because pretty much every season I've ended up with Terry McLaurin on mm-hmm. a fantasy team, and it is the most frustrating uh, position to find yourself in. Um, just not a very good team. Yeah, I have them at five wins as well. I just don't see any success for them, really. Um so yeah, Washington. Uh, welcome to the basement, fellas. Well, you know, they gotta they gotta make it even with the Nationals. <laughs> the NFC North: the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the Hard Knocks-led Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's another bad division in football. Um, the Chicago Bears might be the worst team in football. They might be. You know, I think they could surprise a little bit. I think Justin Fields too. You have a, a second-year quarterback and. Um, certainly talent-wise, especially offensively, 
hovering between three and four. Um, I'm going to go four. I just think, I, th- I think Justin Fields can get you to four. <laughs> and a new coach, too. Like, I think there's, there's some goodness here. Um, still some, I, I think, juice to, to ring out of some of these players. But it is a bad roster, um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the worst team in football. Yeah, I think this team has some some inner turmoil as well. You know, the front office not starting off on the best foot with Roquan Smith, who is arguably your most talented player. Um, I have this team at three wins. You know, it's you still got to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Um, and he owns them. So Yeah, so I'm going to go three wins for the Bears. I think it's going to be a very tough year in Chicago, uh, which leads us to uh, Aaron Rodgers, Ayahuasca, <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers. Off of Percocet, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go 12 for the Packers. They've just done this every year. I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, they obviously lost Devontae Adams. That's gonna be the big talking point. But they made a lot of uh, big moves defensively. Um, I think the defense of this team is what's really gonna drive the Packers forward. I think, especially a lot of frustration the way the playoffs went last year. Um, I think that's that was the focus this offseason. So. I like it, and it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers at this point. I mean, the dude is like high off DMT and Berger said, <laughs> "You combo. try and stop him because I can't." I think that might be a better uh, a better core than his receiving core this year. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go 11 wins for the Packers simply because of the unknown of their wide receiver core. You know, obviously the, the past few years you've had Devontae Adams, and you know what he brings to the table and how he can enhance Aaron Rodgers in a way. Um, but this wide receiver core is very, you know, unknown. You have a, a rookie who's looking to be that, that wide receiver one for them. Um, but I mean, this division's bad, so it'll, it'll accrue wins for them. So I'm going to go 11 wins for the Packers. Uh, the kneecap biting hard knocks live in Detroit based lions. Um, you know, in a lot of close games last year, for being one of the worst teams in the NFL, we're actually, like, sneaky, pretty competitive. This is everyone's, like, darling, like, sleeper pick and, like, dark horse pick. Mm-hmm. I see them topping out, like, six or seven. I will grant them seven. But I, you know, I think this is still a team that is within uh, maybe a year or two away for being. You still have Jared Goff at quarterback, which is a concern yeah. for me personally. You have DeAndre Swift. You have TJ Hawkinson. I'm a big fan of Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, you're not going to have Jameson Williams until about week seven or eight, which is unfortunate for them. I have them at seven wins as well, which in, in terms of the Detroit Lions, that's like, you know, going to the Super Bowl yes. for the, the lack of success they've had over the past decade or so. Um, so I'm going to go seven wins for the Lions, which leaves us to the you like that, or should I say you like that, Minnesota Vikings led by Kirk Coupons, who has once again uh, caught the vid over this uh, this training camp period. And uh, if he dies, he dies, as he once said. So the Minnesota Vikings, Matt, will finish with how many wins in your book? Yeah, new man on the Minnesota Vikings. New coach here, uh, I think, could bring out a bit. You know, it's easy to take and throw some punches at Kirk Cousins, but uh, this offense has the potential to be very good. <laughs> yeah, Jalen uh, Rager now in this offense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the the cup overfloweth now with talent. Uh, I'm going nine wins for the Vikings, which could be good enough for a wild card spot in the NFC. I like the offense a lot here, um, and it's a division I think where you could vacuum up, you know, two or three wins with with some ease. Um, and I, yeah, I just I, I like the I like the I like the coach. I like where they're headed. Yeah, I have them at nine wins as well. 
you know, you got to play the Lions, you got to play the Bears twice. That's potentially four wins right there. Um, so I'm going to go nine wins for the Vikings, which brings us down south to the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another very bad division. I think it's going to come down to two teams, Tampa Bay and insert team you want to insert there. But the Carolina Panthers, a lot of revamping this offseason. Baker Mayfield in the fold. They just traded for LaVisca. Five wins. <laughs> uh, Baker's comments not, not resonating with you where he wants to uh, fuck up the Browns. This is a, this is a Matt Rule uh, disrespect <laughs> as well. I have Carolina at six wins. Um, I think they have they have pieces. They don't have a complete team. Yes. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons now led by one Marcus Mariota. Uh, maybe sneaky one of the worst teams in the NFL as well here. Um, just not a ton of talent. I'm also going to go five wins for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you as well. I don't think the Falcons are moving any needles, although. I am intrigued by uh, the reunion of Marcus Mariota and Arthur Smith. Not that it's going to lead to any success because Marcus Mariota has one guy to throw the ball to, and that's Kyle Pitts. Um, the New Orleans Saints, who I don't know how to read this team whatsoever this year. I think they are very strange. They are one of the biggest money laundering teams with that Taysom Hill contract on their hands. Nine wins. I think they get offensive pieces back. Got new coaching year. Maybe let Jameis Winston off uh, off the leash a little bit, you know. Um, but I like Chris Olave. I think he could be a, a sneaky, sneaky not rookie of the year, but I think a name you should familiarize yourself with. Um, Alvin Kamara looks good. I, I think there's the Saints have a routine of just kind of being in the mix always. It's just sort of been their mo. I'm gonna go eight wins for the Saints. Um... There's just so many question marks in my book about them. I don't really know how to, to read them, so I'm going to go right down the middle. You know, eight, eight wins will be the New Orleans Saints. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is back. Allegedly did not go on the Masked Singer. But that's exactly what they would want you to say if you went on the Masked Singer. But uh, you lose Gronk this year, but you gain Julio Jones. Tampa Bay still loaded. Obviously, new head coach with Bruce Arians moving into a front office role. Um, gonna be an interesting year in Tampa Bay. I You've would lost say. some uh, offensive line talent, which is not a Big great time. start. Um, and you have some, you know, Chris Godwin uncertainty, Mike Evans uncertainty. At least for you know, first few weeks of the season, I'm gonna go ten wins for the Buccaneers. This is a team I, I don't think really cares all that much about regular season. Just win the division, and you know, Tom will take care of the rest. That's that's their aim. I have them at ten wins as well. Um bad division they should probably sweep their division so that's six wins right there um if not you know five if they split with new orleans but i think tampa will get 10 wins under their belt and then finishing up the nfc west san francisco arizona the super bowl champion los angeles rams and the seattle seahawks let's start off with you know trey lance led jimmy g backed up san francisco 49ers Ooh, I'm going to go 10 wins for the 49ers. I like a lot about this team. Trey Lance, essentially a rookie quarterback. Um, that gives you some pause, but uh, it's hard to just bet against Kyle Shanahan. It's hard to, to bet against uh, this offense. You know, Kyle Shanahan has made some really bad quarterbacks look very good. Um, so even if Trey Lance isn't the best, uh, you know, he'll still be put in a position to succeed. 
I like the defense. Um, I like the schedule too, especially right out of the gate. And I just this is a team that just wins games. <laughs> I don't know. You yeah, like they just do. They they roll through opponents. I'm gonna go nine wins for the 49ers. Um, I just Trey Trey Lance is just kind of a it's almost an unknown, so you don't know what you're gonna get. Obviously Debo's back, which is big for them. Um, but they just can they you know they cut Trey Sermon. Everybody's fantasy football darling from last season and a lot of just running back turnover with the 49ers recently so some inconsistencies there when it's a team that is predicated on just using a a plethora of running backs in a rotation um but i'm gonna go nine wins should be in the mix potentially for a playoff spot um which leads us to the call of duty cardinals arizona matt this is a tough one. They started out so well last year. Um, a lot of things changed, too, when Hopkins gets hurt, when Kyler gets hurt. You're obviously not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. Um, I'm going nine wins, but I think this team really has the potential to be better than that. Um, but they're still just, like, there's a lot of uneasiness around this team. This could this is a sneaky, like, implosion team, mm-hmm. perhaps, waiting to happen. Um yeah, this team's tough. Um, you know, the thing I look at mostly is their defense. They're kind of still trying to piece together a secondary. Um, Not the division to be doing that no. necessarily. <laughs> they did uh, They did acquire an all-name team player from the Jets off of waivers to play corner for them, Javelin Guidry. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm going to go nine wins as well for the Cardinals. I think, you know, there's a lot of question marks defensively for them, more so than the offense. And uh, you got to see how you you know weather the DeAndre Hopkins list storm for the first six games. Um, so I'm going to go nine wins for the Cardinals. The defending champs met the L.A. Rams. New pieces in the full. Allen Robinson effectively replacing Robert Woods. Um, no Sony Michelle now. He just signed with the Chargers. But uh, the Rams they just have talent on top of talent on top of talent, and uh, I think they're poised to win this division again. Yeah, I'm going 11 wins for the Rams. I think this team is just very good still, hard to bet against. Don't have a very easy schedule, I'll say that, but um, I like where they are and not worried about Matt Stafford's elbow. Yeah, I'm going to go 12 wins for the Rams. Um, I think they are top to bottom, still insanely talented. Obviously not the same team they were last year with Von Miller being gone, but... I like their roster a lot, and I think they're uh, going to be successful once again because that's just what the Rams do. They just go and get talent. They don't give a shit about how much they pay that talent, and uh, that's going to lead to 12 wins for the Rams. You said 12 as well? or I said 11, 11 for the Rams. So that leaves us with Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and the Seattle Seahawks. Quietly maybe one of the worst teams, and I think by design – they're looking at this draft and saying, well, <laughs> oh, I think it is under five for them. It's hard for me to think of Geno Smith with Drew Locke backing him up, um, of this team being very successful. No clear running back at this situation. Defensively, I'm going to go four wins. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not hopeful about the Seahawks team in any capacity. I'm going to give them five wins simply because I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf 
add up to five wins for this team in the current state they're in. Um, Seattle's not going to be very good this year, and I wouldn't be shocked if they win less than five games, especially in that division. But that's our uh, our breakdown of our win totals. We'll look back at that in, in December and January and see how wrong we were um, for everybody. But going to be a fun NFL season, and I think next week, Matt, since it is still leading into football season, we'll do a – We'll do a, a podcast best ball to appease the people. Um, but let's get into the other football that is taking place. The Philadelphia Union, still in that hunt, Matt. They are on a tear since the last time we recorded. They uh, they broke an MLS record. Most 6 nothing, most, you know, wins by six or more goals in MLS history. All done within the last ten games. Insane. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Yeah. The uh the guys that Carranza Ura uh like trio curtains trident as it has been called, uh, has just been uh flaying <laughs> opponents. Uh still chasing LAFC. It's gonna be hard. You know, we we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they're gonna have to, to make their own mistakes and, and Philly's gonna have to capitalize on that. But really it's about, you know, just staying top of your conference. Also sneaky staying above Austin. Um, because they, you know, you'd like potentially like Austin and LA seem like the most likely teams to be making it out of, uh, out of the West. So you'd like to hopefully, you know, kind of, and Austin is really at LA's number this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you saw it last week when they played, um, really got into their heads as well, but it was just outperformed them. And Austin's a scary team. He'd like to guarantee home field advantage, you know, should they be the, the team to advance, um, yeah, I, I like where where the union are headed. It's it's great times. One of three teams in all of MLS with fifty plus points now. Um, only three points behind LAFC, which I believe they play tonight as well. Um, yeah, LA yeah, uh, has Houston, Houston at eight thirty. Austin so. has Portland. Uh, Union's on two one right now, up against Atlanta at halftime. It's dollar dog night, so you know I hope people are getting them dogs, slurping tubes as it should be. Get that dog in you. Yeah, get that dog in you. But um, yeah, Union are uh, are trending in a really good way. Like I'm looking. This is best Union team of my lifetime, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just look at the ability to score, and it is uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you consider where they were at the start of the season. Still, just as good defensively. Yes, um, you know the defensive numbers for this team, but they're also they've become a little bit more of a direct team, which they they haven't always been. You know, they, they've certainly, they're happy to concede space to other teams and counterattack. And, uh, you know, they have, I think, the attacking pieces now to really work on that and actually make it uh, make it more than just a viable strategy, like a really devastating one. Um, they might have the best counterattack in the league right now. So uh, they are a, a dangerous, dangerous team. 100%. And uh, we have the names of potentially three very dangerous teams Matt survivor coming back September 21st we've looked at the cast a bit now we have the tribe names season 43 we have the yellow and green tribe if you will there's a uh, different tree crests on their uh, their logos but yellow tribe will be known as Baka B-A-K-A we have the Coco tribe which will be blue and then we have the Vesey tribe, which is going to be red. And here are the tribe divvy ups. We'll uh, edit this and post for the YouTube viewers so you can see each tribe. But 
Interesting tribe names. Interesting tribe breakups. Very intrigued to see how Getting these... bad vibes off Coco Trap, I'll say that. I now. agree. I don't know what it is. Getting bad vibes there. Um, I'm interested. We are three weeks away. Three weeks away. Three weeks away from being three weeks away. <laughs> it is... Uh, it's an exciting time. Survivor coming back. Football on its way back. Phillies are in a playoff hunt. The Union are top of the East. Vibes are vibing, if you will. The fall is falling. And uh, we'll have a new episode of the Dan Russo Show premiering on the YouTube channel. It was a very successful premiere last Thursday. Uh, so we'll be doing that again Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on our YouTube channel. The Dan Russo Show will premiere. And uh, for anybody potentially that will be in Boston, Massachusetts this coming weekend, myself and DJ will be up there for the PLL postseason, the quarterfinals at uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. So if you're there, come say what's up. And hopefully the Phils uh, get back on track tonight because we all need that in our lives to uh, make sure people don't give up on this team. You, you can't do that. It's just they're too good. They're going to be in the playoffs it's going to be okay. Uh, that's all we got for you guys tonight. Make sure you are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, which will be where we announce, Matt, before we wrap. What should our leg of the uh, the YouTube gauntlet challenge be for us to perform, do, whatever it may be, once we hit that illustrious 1,000 subscribers? Man, haven't given this much thought can be something that we just, you know, brainstorm and then next week we yeah. unveil on the show, which is why you got to follow us at Underground PHI. Next week we'll have our, our leg of the gauntlet challenge ready for the people uh, at Underground PHI. Twitter, Instagram, follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network over there. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. And, of course, comment down below your thoughts on the Phils, the Union, the Eagles, Survivor, whatever it may be. Comment down below on YouTube and get that conversation flowing. Big shout-out to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their information is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. This has been episode number 460 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB from my man Matt. Until next week, we are signing off. Peace. Champions.